Let us pray. And he received them at their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool after he had made it a molten calf. And they said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Exodus 32.4 Dear God, as you begin to bless me and enlarge my territory, I will not forget that you are my God, unlike the children of Israel in Exodus 32. I will not serve the idols of this world, but instead will hold fast to your instructions and commands. I will not go backwards and live in a way that represents the limiting and ungodly mindsets of slavery. I declare that I will remember the promises of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and live in a way as to secure them for myself. Drunkenness will not cloud my judgment, and devotion to man-made idols will not sever my devotion to you, God. I decree that I am on the Lord's side. I confess that I will stand for what's right when standing for what's wrong seems enticing. I acknowledge that my life isn't my own, but it's yours to bring glory to your name. Thank you that, despite my downfall, like the Israelites in today's story, you will not leave me or forsake me, even when I wrestle with my sin and shortcomings. In Jesus' name, amen. Listening to these daily prayers strengthens your relationship with God. Continue hearing from the Lord by listening to today's Bible in a Year. Brought to you by BibleInAYear.com. A God we can see? In our last story, we learned about God's promises to bless His people and be with them. He descended in fire, lightning, and smoke on Mount Sinai to give Moses a word for the people. He gave them the Ten Commandments. Then he asked them to build a tabernacle so he could dwell with his people. In this story, we learn about the Israelites already breaking the First Commandment. Their impatience leads them astray, and they betray the God that had just delivered them out of slavery, as inspired by the book of Exodus. Hello, I'm Jack Graham with today's episode of The Bible in a Year. In our previous episode, we learned that God brought the Israelites to the foot of Mount Sinai and spoke to them there, promising blessing if they obeyed His commands. God gave us the Ten Commandments. Instructions all related to Him and how to know Him and how to live with one another. Today, we'll hear how quickly they fail to keep the first of those commandments. Listen to their words to Aaron as Moses delays upon top of the mountain. Where have they placed their trust? Today's reading provides a stark contrast between the leadership of Moses and that of Aaron, highlighting why God called Moses instead of his brother. Finally, we'll discover there's a price for sin against God. Yet, even in the midst of judgment and punishment, God's grace and mercy will come through. Let's listen now to today's story. Moses had ascended back up to Mount Sinai to hear from God on behalf of the people. The thunder still rolled down the mountain like waves crashing on a shore. 
the people took note of Moses' delay to come down from the mountain, so they turned to Aaron for guidance. We do not know what has become of Moses. He is the one who brought us out of Egypt. Quick, make God for us, to protect and nurture us. Aaron, just as confused and desperate as the people, agreed. He said to them, Take off all your rings, earrings, and necklaces of gold, and bring them to me. So all the people began to lay down their possessions at the feet of Aaron. They willingly gave up what was precious to them, yet all for a fabrication, a false sense of security. Aaron, using fashioning tools, constructed a golden calf with his own bare hands. He brought the calf before the people, erected high into the air so everyone could see. Applause roared throughout the camp. Dancing and revelry began to spread. These are your gods, people of Israel. These are the gods that brought you up out of the land of Egypt. The people cried out, paying no mind to God's first encouragement to them when he said, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of slavery. In the distance God was meeting with Moses, yet this was not hidden from his sight. When Aaron saw how happy the calf made the people, he built an altar for it. He hosted a large feast to celebrate their new god. They rose up early the next day to give peace offerings. As the day dragged on, they feasted like gluttons, filling their bellies with meat and wine. A strange days of drunkenness slithered around camp. As people rose up in dancing and orgies, their laughter was not joyful praise, rather inebriated and lustful cackles. They paid homage to their created god by creating their own worship, satisfying every selfish desire they could come up with. The newly freed slaves of Israel began to look a whole lot like their old masters, the Egyptians. The stench of their idolatry carried through the canyons up to the mountain where God met with Moses. In the quietness of his prayers to God, Moses heard his voice change. The Lord said to Moses, Go down to see your people, for they have corrupted themselves. How quickly they have turned from my commandments! High and lifted up among them is a golden calf for whom they have sacrificed and worshipped. Moses' eyes widened. Though the people may have lost their fear of God, Moses surely did not. He had remembered all the Lord was capable of and how kind he had been to all the children of Israel. God continued and said, I have looked upon my people, and behold, they are a stubborn people. Leave this place, for my wrath will descend upon them like wildfire. From you alone I will build my nation. These words disturbed Moses. He fell before God and said, Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people? You have brought them out of slavery with your might. The Egyptians will say you lured them out of slavery just to kill them. Please turn from your anger and have mercy on them. Tears began to flow from Moses as he begged God to spare them. Remember your promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Moses implored. His prayer was not long, but it was strong. Moses reflected the merciful heart of God in his prayers, and they pleased God. Moses was truly a leader able to reflect God's heart and desire. 
Moses could have easily done nothing, but instead he interceded for his people. God looked upon Moses. He was pleased and relented. Moses hustled down the mountain, eyes piercing with an internal fury. Moses had two tablets of the testimony of God in his hands. The writings of God for the people were engraved in stone. Joshua was waiting at the base of the mountain for Moses. When Joshua heard the celebration from camp, he ran to go meet Moses and said, There are sounds of war in the camp. Moses and Joshua came near to the camp and saw the calf risen high among the people. Moses peered across the sea of drunk faces. They danced to the music. They caressed those that were not their wives or husbands. They drank their wisdom away. Moses watched this. He was right in front of them, yet unseen because of their drunkenness. In that moment, a deep anger came upon Moses an anger that had not been awakened since he was a young man, strangling the Egyptian taskmaster. In an outburst of rage, Moses threw the stone tablets at the foot of the mountain. The sound echoed across the canyon, and the dancing and music ceased. The people turned their heads and stared up at Moses. Silence fell upon them all. Moses walked into the crowd of people and took the calf from the altar. Without saying anything... Moses dragged the calf past the people towards the bonfire in the middle of the camp. He threw it into the fire and watched it melt with his back turned towards the people. He scooped up its ashes and scattered them in the water nearby. He took a cup and filled it with the water and gave it to the people to drink. The bitter taste of the gold-dusted water was a reminder of where they had come from. They had just escaped the bitter gripes of slavery, and they ought not to make themselves slaves again. Moses looked to Aaron, who had remained silent. What did they do to you, Aaron? Moses said with his eyes filling up with tears. Why have you brought sin upon all of them? Aaron was frantic, seeking to justify his actions. He was a brilliant communicator, and just as his ancestor Jacob... Aaron could talk himself out of almost any situation. Don't burn with anger, Moses. You know the people are set on evil. They wanted the false gods. I tossed their god in the fire, and the calf just appeared, Aaron lied. And just as Adam did eons ago, he deferred the responsibility. Moses looked at the people and saw that Aaron had allowed them to divide and become loose with one another— Aaron had once been his mouthpiece, but now Moses had to speak. He stood at the base of the camp and shouted, Who is on the Lord's side? If anyone is on God's side, come stand by me. Out of the vast crowd, the sons of Levi came forward from the group. Moses then commanded them to kill those who had caused the most dissension. With swords in their hands, the sons of Levi killed about three thousand men that day. The silence was cut, and screams oozed out of the camp like blood. Moses spoke to the sons of Levi and said, Today you have been ordained into the service of God. Each one of you will have a blessing this day. The sun rose the next day, and a gentle breeze came in through the canyon. The people were silent, and Moses paced the camp, gathering them to the base of the mountain. He looked to them and said, Your sin was an intense sin. I am going back up to the Lord, and perhaps there is atonement for what you have done. 
So Moses left, and the people watched him ascend back up the mountain. Moses spoke before God and said, They have sinned greatly against you, gods of gold. Moses cut himself off and clenched his fist. His eyes closed and his face held back tears. Please forgive them, Moses whispered. But if you do not, kill me instead of them. Moses trembled as he said these words. If a simple sacrifice would not suffice, Moses wanted to stand between God and them as atonement. There was a gentle silence between them. The Lord said to Moses, Whoever has sinned against me, I will require something from them. And then he sent Moses back down the mountain. God would not blot out his people. He promised Jacob that his seed would spring forth a mighty nation and all nations would be redeemed. He would not waver from that promise. Hundreds of years prior, Jacob wrestled with God in the dead of night. Jacob was flawed and filled with sin, but he clung to God for blessing. So he renamed him Israel, which means wrestles with God. Now the people of Israel would continue to sin, be flawed, but cling to God for blessing. They would continue to wrestle with God, and he would still bless them. A great plague fell upon Israel that day. Yet in the midst of their punishment, there was hope and mercy. God would not depart from them. We open today's reading with Moses on the mountain alone. He spent 40 days and nights hearing from God on that mountain. And in that period of time, the people began to worry. The Israelites could still see God's consuming fire on the mountaintop. He had not gone missing in action. But they began to doubt if Moses would ever return. As we've already seen in their short time out of Egypt, God's people were quick to complain. And a grumbling, complaining heart can quickly become a wandering and even sinful heart. The people tell Aaron to make them gods, little g, to protect them and to provide for them. Barely a month has passed now since God told them not to have any god before them, any other kind of god lest they break his commandments. But somehow, in their sinfulness, they wanted a God, again, little g, that they could see and touch, even if this God was a fantasy. Aaron doesn't resist. He gathers all the gold he can find from them and fashions a golden calf. They build an altar and begin to worship this counterfeit, phony God. One sin births another, and soon the people engage in all manner of revelry, seeking to gratify their flesh. They've all but forgotten the greatness and the glory and the holiness of God. But God has not forgotten them. He isn't blind to their sins. He tells Moses what these people have done and that he wants to burn with anger against them and even destroy them. Moses doesn't excuse the actions of his people, but he does intercede. He advocates for them. In an impassioned plea, he speaks to God of the promises that he had made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God hears Moses and turns from his anger. Moses descends the mountain and destroys the calf and the altar. He throws the stone tablets God had given him on the ground and breaks them. Yes, he's angry, very angry. When he confronts Aaron, rather than his own mistake, Aaron tries to justify it. Here we see two very different leaders. Moses was a strong leader who turned to God in times of distress, but Aaron 
listened to the people, bent to their will, and turned against God. It is a costly, terrible sin. Moses enlists the Levite priest to go through the camp and shed blood in God's name. 3,000 of God's people died that day, judged for their unfaithfulness. Moses went up to speak to God again and asked for forgiveness for his people. God reminded Moses that he cannot allow sin to go unpunished. He cannot allow sin. There is always a price for sin, and the price is death. For the scripture says in the book of Romans, the wages of sin is death. Because of sin, our names are blotted out of the book of God. But because of his grace and because of what Christ has done for us in shedding his blood on the cross, we can have our names now written in the Lamb's book of life. The question is, is your name there? In God's words to Moses, we find hope and an enduring faithfulness as well as holiness. The people have sinned. There is a price to pay, a terrible price, but God will not forsake them. He will not abandon them. His presence will continue to be with his people. God, we know that you are a holy God, and this passage of Scripture is a reminder that we are to be devoted to you and you only. May we trust in you always and obey you in the power of your Spirit. We do confess our sins and ask that you forgive us of every sin through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's Bible in a Year podcast. I'm Dr. Jack Graham from Dallas, Texas. Download the Pray.com app and make prayer a priority in your life. If you've enjoyed this podcast, share it with someone you know, someone you love, because by sharing this podcast, you can make a difference in someone else's life. And if you want more resources on how to tap into God's power for Christian living, be sure to visit Jack Christian Living. Be sure to visit jackgram.org. God bless you. This episode is sponsored by MediShare, an innovative healthcare solution for Christians to save money without sacrificing quality. Welcome to the Pre News Podcast, where hope is our only bias. Each day, we'll unpack the most prominent stories happening in the news and offer a Christian perspective. We won't shy away from the hard topics, and we won't dilute the hopeful message of Christ. This is more than a daily brief on the news. It's a way to be informed and transformed. Listen to Pray News on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.